Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and they grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Well, uh, good to see you. Welcome again for joining us here at Worship Today at Community of Hope. We're glad that you've joined us. My name is Trevor, and I'm one of the pastors here at Community of Hope Church. And we are, again, so delighted that you've joined us to worship with us today online in this crazy season. Glad that you're here. It's good to see you. Um, like, I just want to reiterate what Jessica said. If you didn't tune into the service until midway through worship, maybe you want to reiterate. For those of you who might be new to our church and want to connect with us in a fresh way, all you have to do is text the word hello to the number on the screen. We would love to get in touch with you. We promise we will not spam you, okay? That's just a way for us to send you a digital connect card just to get your name and maybe your email address and anything else you might want to give us so we can begin to connect with you and help you get into the life of our church. So make sure that you check that out. Now, if you tuned in with us last week, you heard me say to everybody who's streaming online that Pastor Dale was going to be here this weekend, but we had to make a shift in our weekend plans. Halfway through the week, about midweek, we got a phone call where we realized that Pastor Dale had actually been exposed to somebody who had tested positive to COVID-19. And so we did what the responsible thing is to do. He called his primary care doctor. He did not just Google it. He called his primary care doctor and said, hey, what should I do? I have no symptoms. I'm asymptomatic. And the doctor said, why don't you and your wife, you need to go into self-quarantine. So Dale and Beth are uh, holed up at their house in self-quarantine right now, just following the doctor's orders and being smart. They're healthy. Everything's going great. Uh, hopefully by the end of the weekend, we're told, that's when they'll be free to do whatever again. So make sure that you're praying for them. So everything's good. But we are just trying to set a good example for everybody in our church of we're going to listen to our authorities. We're going to listen to our doctors. So I promised you, Dale, but you get me here two weekends in a row. So here we are. And I'm excited to be with you guys again. And we are in our series. We're calling How to Pray. And let me tell you, I'm just thrilled to be part of this right now. Uh, last weekend, the past two weekends, we've been streaming exclusively online. Our most conservative numbers are saying that we're having some of the highest attendance ever in the history of Community of Hope. Even when our buildings are closed, Jesus is growing his church. Amen to that. So thanks for joining us today. And continuing in this season when we're talking about learning how to pray. Now, this couldn't have come at a better time because when we're talking about learning how to pray, we're talking about specifically of how to grow deeper in our relationship with God. And this couldn't come at a better time. We have more time on our hands now than ever. We are around less people. We have less things to do. Anything socially we had planned has been canceled altogether. Every concert, every sporting event, anything you could go to, there's nothing to do but to be home, to be with your loved ones, and to be on a screen talking to loved ones and friends. Now is the perfect time to learn how to deepen our relationship with God and not just get through our list on Netflix. Like that's good too, but this is also a good time to grow deeper with Jesus. So here's where we've been at. We're studying a theme verse from Luke chapter 11, verse one. We're going to go ahead and put it on the screen here. And if you can, wherever you're at, let's read this out loud all together. If it's appropriate where you're streaming, 
And this is our theme verse we've been looking at for the past several weeks. So let's read it together. It says this here. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, and here it is, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. It was the earliest cry of Jesus' followers to say, you just have this amazing prayer life. We hear you pray. We see you pray. When you pray, things change in the world. Lord, teach us to pray. It's always the heart of Jesus to teach his followers how to have conversation with the God of the universe. It's not just for people in Bible times. It's for me and it's for you today in 2020 as well. So here's some of just the basic things we were talking about. If you're new or jumping into this, let me just give you a quick rewind. We started talking about myths about prayer. Everybody's better at prayer than me. No, no, no. Everybody needs to grow in prayer. Oh, well, I mean, God's just going to do whatever he wants anyway. No, 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 no. Prayer actually changes things. Oh, my prayers go unanswered. I must be doing it wrong. No, 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 no. Even Jesus had unanswered prayer and deals with unanswered prayer even now at the right hand of the Father's throne. None of that means you're doing it wrong. It's just that prayer is more mystery, more art than science. And so we're leaning in with how to do it. Two weeks ago, Pastor Dale started us off by talking about how to pause and pray. So we're using an acronym, P-R-A-Y, the word pray, to take us through a four-step process of how to have a conversation with God. And Pastor Dale taught us in an amazing message, I encourage you to go back and watch it or listen to it, that the first step to prayer isn't actually to start praying, but to stop praying, to not say anything, and to just be still, and to breathe. And to let your scattered senses return to yourself and pause and wait and be still and know that he is God. It was amazing. You should go back and watch it. I talked last week about how the second step of prayer, after you've paused to breathe and to focus on God's enduring presence, which is always with you, is to rejoice And to not just rejoice and to focus on the small things in life, the blessings of life, but to rejoice in the Lord. And that means to take a moment to say thank you to God and to worship him for who he is and for what he does. In fact, this is actually the secret ingredient of prayer. There's a scripture in the Bible that says the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And many of you who are streaming right now, I imagine that you need strength from heaven in these difficult days. This is how you find it, by taking time to rejoice in God and say thank you to him for who he is. And so this leads us to today. For what comes after P and what comes after R, what's the A? We're talking about that today. Now, last week I told you, we're in first, excuse me, we're in Philippians chapter four. And in Philippians four, last week was part one and this week is part two. And so we're going to look at it together as a church. It's going to be on your screen. If you have your Bible with you, I encourage you to open it up. If you're not streaming this on your phone, maybe you pull up the YouVersion Bible app to take a look at that. But we're going to take a look one second time at Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And let's look at this together. It says this here. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition 
with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. So let's pause and just breathe. God, today I rejoice that you are near and here with us, with me and with every single person who's streaming this right now. Lord, we want to say welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here with us. We don't need to say welcome to you to uh, ask you to come. You already are here, and we want to welcome you as warm and generous friends to say, Jesus, we're so glad that you've come. We ask now that you would teach us how to pray. It's in your name we ask these things. And everyone at home said, amen. Amen. Well, um, I'm not sure if you've read a story like this before or heard about the story before, but I read this week about a church in a small town in Texas. Excuse me, let me rewind that. About a bar in a small town in Texas. And uh, this bar was successful, and the owner of the bar wanted to expand it. He wanted to expand the facilities, and because it was successful, he wanted to get more people in the door and grow his business. And so he applied for permits with the city to be able to do this. Well, there was a local small Baptist church that heard about this in town, and they were up in arms about it. They did not want this bar to grow their business in their town. And so this church locked arms together, and they protested this bar, and they made petitions against this growth, and they had prayer meetings against this bar's permits. And yet, after all of this effort and all of this energy and all of this prayer that this church put out, what do you know? The permits were passed and construction began on expanding the bar. And as you can imagine, the people of this church in a small town in Texas were just devastated by this and their hopes were dashed and they were so disappointed. So construction began furiously, began building this uh, you know, beautiful addition onto this bar. And what do you know, one week before the bar actually opened up after finishing for construction, it was struck by lightning and burnt to the ground. Pretty crazy, right? All, of course, all the people in the church started rejoicing, going crazy, saying, God answered our prayers. Can you believe it? Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine how... The bar owner felt he was livid, so livid, he decided to sue this church for damages to his livelihood through either direct or indirect means. Pretty crazy. And so as soon as the lawsuit comes in, those who were at the church who were petitioning and protesting and praying all of a sudden to denied any responsibility whatsoever. And like, Oh no, 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 no. We were, we just prayed. We had nothing to do. It was just a lightning strike. It was just an act of nature. No, 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 no. And so when it finally made it to the judge of that small city, he read the brief for the case and looked up and said, I have no idea how to proceed with this. I have a bar owner on one hand who believes in the power of prayer, an entire congregation who's lost its faith in prayer entirely. I don't know what to do. See, it's very true that prayer, even on our best days, can be a little bit confusing, can't it? 
It totally can. Uh, see, in its most simplest form, guys, prayer is really about asking God for help. In fact, that's the letter and the acronym we're continuing with. We have P, we have R, and now we're in A. And A stands for simply ask. As most basic form, prayer is asking God for help. The word pray in English, um, its etymology comes from a Middle English word, which means to ask God earnestly for something. This is, in its most basic form, what it's all about. And the Bible talks about this quite a lot, about this idea of asking God for things in prayer. For instance, think about Jesus. Jesus said one time, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Another time he taught his followers, he taught his disciples to ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll knock, or seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be open to you. Jesus' little brother, James, wrote in his epistle, he said, you don't have because you don't ask God for it. This idea of asking is all over the Bible. In fact, this is an, um, an incredible claim of historic Christianity that when people ask God for things in prayer, that prayer actually changes things. Prayer is more than mindfulness. Prayer is more than meditation. Prayer is more than just simply finding a center in yourself and balancing yourself. All those things are good. I'm not saying anything against any of those, but prayer is so much more than that. Prayer is a way where heaven can invade earth and God's kingdom can find an on-ramp into our fallen world. Prayer is powerful. And when people pray, it's how God inserts his power into our world. I'm going to show you a picture here on the screen. Uh, This is a picture of a man from Korea named Bishop Sundo Kim. Bishop Sundo Kim is an old man now but he's an incredible man. And I had the unbelievable privilege of meeting him back in 2005. This is before I had half a brain to even begin to date Leah. I just finished up uh, school at Florida state university. I knew I was eventually going to become a pastor and uh, I was exploring what's called seminaries. And if you know what a seminary is, it's kind of like a pastor school type of a deal. And I was at a seminary in Orlando visiting, just touring And uh, that day, they happened to have a pizza party for lunch. There wasn't that many students there that day. So I sat at a round table, and I had two slices of Little Caesars pepperoni pizza. Um, And there were two other guys I was sitting with at the table who weren't exactly the friendliest people in the world. Like, my personality, if you know me, my spirit animal is like Golden Retriever. Like, hi, I love you, and I just met you. That's me. Them, not so much. Like, hi, I'm Trevor. Oh, great. Ugh. And they just went back to eating their pizza. Like, well, fine. I'm just going to eat my pizza here alone and keep going on with my tour. Fine. And so I was eating my pizza. I just finished the first slice. And then a woman came up to me. And uh, she was speaking very slowly so the person next to her could understand. And she said, excuse me, boys. Is it okay with you if Bishop Kim sits and eats lunch with you? And so Tweedledee and Tweedledum are sitting at the same table as me, and they looked at me, like, no, whatever. And they went back to stuffing their faces. And so I'm eating my pizza, and then I pause and went, Bishops, Bishop Sundo Kim? And this little Korean man 
comes and sits right next to me with two slices of cheese pizza. And I look at him and I realize who this man is. Now, I don't expect you to know who this is. This is more of a church nerd thing like me. Bishop Sundo Kim is the pastor of the world's largest Methodist church in South Korea. He has over 100,000 people coming to his church. This is the man who grew up in the northern part of Korea before the Korean War. The communists invaded North Korea, took over, forced him to become a medic in the army. He begged God before he he even knew who God really was to help him escape. He escaped from the army across the boundary into South Korea and made a vow that God, whoever you are, I promise to serve you the rest of my life. He discovered that that God's name is Jesus Christ. He became a pastor and is pastoring one of the world's largest churches eating cheese pizza next to me in Orlando, Florida. And so I had a total fanboy moment. I put my pizza down and I looked at him. And I was thinking to myself, play cool, play cool, play cool. Instead, I just looked at him and went, Bishop Kim, my name is Trevor Johnson. I've called to be a pastor one day. Tell me everything. And he did. He told me his story. He prayed for me. It was one of the coolest moments of my life. But I'll never forget the only quote that I can remember him saying. He poured lots of wisdom. There's one line I'll never, ever forget. And Bishop Kim said this in very thick, broken English, Korean accent. He said, money mean nothing. Prayer mean everything. I don't know about you. But I'm going to listen to the man who escaped a communist regime in North Korea where God spared his life, raised him up to be the leader and pastor of 100,000 people. If he says prayer is everything, I'm going to listen to that guy. And this is the testimony of all of Christian scriptures. Prayer, prevailing prayer, and asking God for help is how God pours his power out on your life, my life, and on this broken world that so desperately needs God's kingdom to come and to come now. This is how he does it. Now we're thinking about asking for things in prayer. In particular, there's two things that we ask for just in a broad general category we first ask things for yourself and for ourselves, for me and for you. We ask for ourselves. Now, there's nothing wrong with this. The, one of the technical words that people use for this kind of prayer when you're praying for yourself is petition, is to petition God and ask him for help. Now, I want to ask you, do you remember, maybe you think about this, if you're new to church, new to faith, you might not even have any context for this. But if you've been a follower of Jesus for any period of time, can you remember and maybe bring to your mind uh, a time when maybe your first time God answered a prayer for you? I can remember. I can remember mine. I think it was the spring of maybe 1995. I think I was in fifth grade. I was in my elementary school in Oldsmar, Florida. My family had just started to go to the church that had changed our lives, and my faith was beginning to blossom and grow, and I was feeling the presence of God all the time. My faith was definitely coming online. And I began to think to myself, 
one day when I was sitting in class doing math homework that I wanted to talk to God. And so I did. And I paused. I said, God, would you do something cool today? Oh, and the religious way of praying for this is asking God to bless you, but I didn't have that word. I was in fifth grade and I was new really to this type of church. I thought, okay, God, do something cool today. Amen. When I came home from school that day, I walked into my family's living room and my mom had decided to do something really cool for me and my brother out of the blue and sitting in our living room. Um, just my mom, she's so great and has such a great heart for Jesus and for her kids just decided to bless us one day and inside of our living room waiting for us at the end of school for no other reason was this picture here, the super soaker 100. Oh yeah. Now, if you grew up in the 90s, you know what these are. These were the baddest mamma jamma water guns that had ever been. Get that little squirt $1 Dollar Tree water gun out of here. Give me a super soaker with pump action that I'm ready to take on the bad guys. You betcha. It was awesome that this was just waiting. It wasn't my birthday. It wasn't Christmas. There was no holiday. It was just because. Super cool. Thanks, mom. Still to this day. But you know what the impression that left on me then was? God heard me. God loves me. Maybe this prayer thing is real for a little fifth grade boy. This is the first time God answered a prayer when I asked for anything for me. Now I know what some of you are probably thinking, like, really, Trevor, a toy? I mean, God heard your prayer for something cool and gave you a super soaker? Shouldn't God be more concerned with something like famine or like orphans around the world or preventing thermonuclear war? Don't you think he's probably more concerned with that? I mean, sure, those things are way more important than my little prayer to God. But all I know is this, is that God heard my heart as a little boy and he cared and he did something. In fact, I don't know a single person who writes or teaches on prayer with any authority whatsoever, who says, eh, that's too small or insignificant to pray about. In fact, I get those questions all the time from people where they feel guilty praying for themselves. Like, I feel selfish praying for myself. Am I allowed to? I feel bad about that. I mean, isn't this too small for me to ask God about? Too small for me to pray about? Surely God has more important things to do. I don't need to pray. God doesn't need to hear from me when I really need him. I'll talk to him. And let me tell you, that is the exact opposite of God's heart in asking him for things in prayer. God is a loving father. And even if you didn't have a good father, God is the type of father your dad should have been. And he wants to bless you and hear you and provide for you because you're his kid. So what are you allowed to ask God for in prayer? anything and everything that's within his will. Okay, are you allowed to ask God for traffic lights to turn green? You bet. Can you ask God for parking spots? You bet. Can you ask God for a sunshiny day? You bet. Pray for small things. That's great, because then when small things happen, you're a person who walks around filled with a heart of gratitude. That's good. You know what else you can pray for? Pray for all the small things And pray for some big things too, like unpaid bills that you have where you don't know where you're going to get the money for, like for your job, 
This week, we heard 3.3 million people filed for unemployment in our country. Ask God about your job. Ask God about your budget. Ask God about your bills. Ask God about your food. Ask God about anything because he cares about you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to be vulnerable with him and to be intentional with him. He wants you to ask him for anything you need. Pray for yourself and ask for yourself. Now, we don't only ask for ourselves, but we also ask for others too. And this is another important aspect of prayer. This is really important, actually, to learn to pray for others. Let me tell you a quick story from the Old Testament that's one of my absolute favorites. There's a story in Exodus chapter 17 where Moses is leading the Israelites through the wilderness to the promised land. This is after their uh, exit out of Egypt in two weeks. If you haven't seen the Ten Commandments of Charlton Heston yet, like maybe you're a young person, you don't know what I'm talking about. Trust me, it'll be on TV somewhere in two weeks for sure. Uh, but he's leading them into the promised land. And then a group called the Amalekites attack the Israelites. Moses decides to send his aide Joshua to go defend the Israelites and go into combat. Moses takes his staff, the same staff that God gave him that turned into a snake that swallowed the staffs of Pharaoh's magicians that also turned into snakes. The same staff that God gave Moses to raise over the Red Sea and it split in half. He told him to take that staff and go on top of the hill. So Moses went on top of the hill and the battle's raging between the Israelites and the Amalekites and they're fighting. And Moses lifts up his staff over the battle. And somehow, someway, people began to notice that Israel was winning when his arms were up and the staff was raised over the battle. And just like anybody who's been to a football game, I mean, I've been to so many seminal games where you do this for three and a half hours on end, your shoulders get tired. Moses' shoulders got tired and hit the staff fell. And then you try to raise it up again, and then it would fall, and you try to raise it up again. And somehow, somebody noticed that when his arms were up, Israel was winning. And when his arms got tired and fell, they began to lose. And so the two people were with them named Aaron and Hur. Can you believe a name like that? Hur, H-U-R, yikes. Aaron and Hur put Moses down a rock, sat him down, and they both held up each one of his arms as he held up a staff over the battle an Israelite won. The Israelites won the victory. And this is an amazing picture of what it means to ask God for things for other people in prayer. And here's what I know. Prayer, I can't explain it all. Some of it's a great mystery, but I do know this for sure. When I pray, coincidences happen. Let me say that again. When I pray for myself or for others, when I ask God to move on behalf of my friends and my family and my, my community, coincidences seem to happen. And when I don't, they just happen a lot less. And scripture teaches a painful truth for us that some wonderful things won't happen unless we're lifting up prayer and asking God for others. And there are some horrible, terrible things that are at work in our world. 
that will continue to persist until somebody raises a staff of prayer over it and asks God to invade the darkness with his light and for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done and for God to deliver people from the evil one. It matters. Now, there's been a million books written on prayer and how to ask God for things and how to ask for yourself and how to ask for others. And I surely don't have time to go into all of those things. Like how in the world do you fit asking God for help? How do you fit that in one little message? Well, you can't. But from our passage that we read earlier today from Philippians, there is one insight that I believe is timely for you and timely for me in this season for our church and for our world right now. We're going to put it on the screen. It's Philippians 6 and 7. The apostle Paul wrote this. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible because I'm If you know me, you know this is true. This is a character flaw in me. I'm a naturally anxious person. I'm a worrier. I get knots in my stomach over things. And I struggle from time to time. And if you look at somebody who's a a naturally anxious person, you say, just don't worry about it. That feels impossible. And if you're like me, you know what I'm talking about. You cannot be like, yeah, that's true. It's impossible to just stop worrying. But that's why the Apostle Paul says here that's so helpful. He's not saying just stop it. He's saying do something instead. And what he's saying is don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. He's saying to replace your worry with prayer. In fact, this is really important and really helpful for me. I'm a, uh, I'm a list type of a person. My whole life works on to-do lists and things I have and planners that I have. And really what the Apostle Paul is telling each one of us to do is instead of worrying about something, pray about everything. So for you at home and for me here where I'm at right now filming this, I think our application is, to make a worry list, not a to-do list, a worry list of everything you're worried about for you or for others. And there's a lot to be worried about right now. Write it all out, make a list and then pray it over. Pause. Rejoice. And then ask. And then what do you know? He promises this thing called the peace of God will come to you. I got to be honest with you. I love talking about prayer. I feel like I'm doing what I was made to do when I teach people how to pray. I love talking about it. I love reading about it. I love writing about it. I love teaching it. I love leading it. I love doing prayer. I love it with all my heart and my soul. 
But you want to know my secret of why I'm a prayer guy? It's not because I like the practice of prayer. It's because I'm a naturally anxious person. But when I pray, I get peace. And when I pray, I get Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And when I pray, he speaks. And when I pray, he gives me comfort. And he gives me plans. And he gives me direction. And he provides for things I ask for, for myself and for others. I don't pray because I like praying. I pray because I get Jesus. And I don't know what situation you might be in wherever you're streaming this, but I know I'll bet my life on it that wherever you're at, whatever situation you're at, and whatever you're worrying about today in this season, that you could place it into the nail-scarred hands of the one who loves you most and knows you best and you can trust him to hold what you're worrying about and to take care of it and to know that as you give him your worries, he takes it and exchanges it for his peace. This is the benefit of asking God Not only does he provide answers, he provides peace for you. Let's pray. And so let's practice what we've been learning, friends. Let's pause. And let's breathe. and focus on God's enduring presence with us. He's here. Not just in this room with you, he's with us, he's here. Breathe in his presence. take a minute to rejoice I'll pray one prayer but then I want you to pray one on your own God I rejoice today that you are the God of peace and when I draw close to you my anxiety and worry melts away you rejoice too. Say thank you to God for one part of who he is. Go ahead and do that now. And now let's ask. I want you to find and pick one thing you're worried about. One. And tell God how you feel and tell him all about it and then ask him to do what you want him to do in that situation.
take a moment and do that now, just you and him. And give your burden to Jesus. God, we thank you that you want us to ask you about anything. And you're the God who wants to take our anxieties, to cast them upon you, and to give us your peace instead. You're the best. Thank you. Teach us to pray. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Well, friends, thanks for joining us for worship here today online. I'm so glad that you've come along with us on this journey. Uh, We want to invite you, if you're ready to take a next step in faith, maybe if you're ready to uh, become a follower of Jesus and commit your life to him, or maybe it's been a while and you need to recommit your life to Christ. Maybe you want to get baptized or learn how to get more involved at Community of Hope. We invite you to just text the word NEXT to the number on your screen, or you can just go to our website, communityofhope.church slash next, and we'll help you take that next step in your faith. Otherwise, would you prepare your hearts for this benediction? Now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.